Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. we got a jam-packed show. We're going to start it off uh, by talking with uh, Austin Literal. He is with the Chickasha Express Star. Austin, how are you this morning? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing well. You've got a uh, busy day, it looks like, uh, coming up in, in the sports world for yourself. Yeah, just a little bit. Got up nice, bright, and early for some volleyball this morning, and then football tonight. Tell us all about your day. Yeah, so up here in Yukon, first round of the state Class 3A volleyball tournament, and I got Amber Bocasset taking on Christian Heritage Academy, and then football tonight, and then maybe some state softball somewhere in the middle. So you, being at Chickasha, I mean, there's a bunch of schools around you. Give it, give the listeners an idea of just who all you will uh, cover on on a daily basis or weekly basis. Yeah, so kind of kind of go all over the place. My main ones: Amber Bocasset, Minko, and then I got some Tuttle and Blanchard as well. And then there are a bunch of small, kind of smaller schools around here that I also cover. Mainly the football, or you do? Just, I mean, obviously some some of those don't play football, so you're watching anything and everything that those schools do. Yeah, usually just kind of depends on if I have time. You're just a one man show, right? You're just yes, it's, it's just you in in the sports department there. Yeah, I and mean, that's the state of newspaper nowadays, isn't it? That's um, that's crazy, yeah. and you're everywhere. I, I mean, I follow your stuff, and you do a great job. Keep up the good work. We're Thank we're you. Uh, yeah, uh, um, great admirers of you. You do a good job. Thank you. And the good thing about 2023 is a lot of schools stream their stuff, and that helps. <laughs> uh, let's talk about tonight, uh, Elk City and uh, Chickasha. Give us an idea of what the brown and white fans can expect from the Chicks tonight at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I think, well, first they're going to fight. I think now we're, fi- we're going to see a team that's starting to kind of find its identity. They lost a lot of talent from last year. New head coach. I think they're going to try to – they like to, you know, line it up and run the ball right at you. They got a couple of really good running backs behind a offensive line that's gotten a lot better. Defensively, I think they've come a long way since giving up 64 to El Reno. Turnovers has been big. They forced eight over the past couple of weeks. But I, like I said, I think we got a team that's kind of took a while, but has kind of started to find its identity a little bit with all these changes that have t- taken place. Yeah, I think that's an interesting comment because it feels the same way out here uh, with some new guys uh, taking over for for guys that have been entrenched in the program for a few years, and that's kind of what last week felt out here too. Is so uh, okay, got an identity after kind of searching, and you know, young guys stepping up. Quarterback Cade Rayburn's been there for a while, uh, kind of played off and on in split time. It seems like he's the man so far this year. Talk about his ability to not only uh, throw the ball, but also a very good athlete and can run it all all the way up and down the field as well yeah he's shown the ability to make big plays with his arm but he's made some i think what people might forget that he is a good runner he may not necessarily look like he like it and he may not be the fastest but the dude he can move with his feet and that's going to be huge i think tonight getting him going on that ground game 
because, I mean, that just adds another dynamic to the very good rushing backfield that Chickasha has, and I think that's going to be really important. You don't often see, even in 4A, being able to replace the production of Malik Murphy, the all-world tailback from last year, 2,000 yards in the season and all that. But Chickasha has done a really good job of it. A two-headed monster this year uh, with Owen Shells and also Harold. Talk about their strengths, and and are they kind of the same, or do they have a little bit of a different uh, running style to them? I would say they're kind of a little bit different. James Harold started out the year as the main running back, and he did a great job. And then they brought in Derek Owen Shells. I'm trying to think what game it was. It might have been the Anadarko game. And he just brings, on both sides of the ball, really, a physical physical game that maybe Harold doesn't quite have. Like, he's going to hit you hard on defense, and he's going to put his helmet down, and he's going to hit you hard on offense. And he has really stepped up. A couple hundred yards a couple weeks ago against John Marshall, ran for over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns last week against Woodward. He has, brought a, he has I think, really helped settle this offense down. And I think, again, it's helped them find that identity they've been looking for. Hey, Austin, Jared here. Sorry, I stepped out, so if you already talked about this part of the game, um, excuse me, but it's very windy today. And uh, does Chickasha like to throw it around? And if so, will that game plan change because of these high gusty winds? Or, or what can you tell us about that? Honestly, I think this could probably be beneficial for – I think they like to – they'll throw it occasionally, but – they don't. I, w- I wouldn't say they've taken just a ton of deep shots downfield. They really like to use that run game to set up the pass. So I think that's going to help them with that run game, and I'd expect a physical rushing attack. And then kind of d- depending on which way the wind's blowing, because the wind was pretty heavy last week as well. And, again, they just used that rushing attack against Woodward, and Woodward couldn't stop it. Punning should be very interesting tonight <laughs> for both teams. Well, maybe, it was, maybe even it was extra points. Interesting last week. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, there's certain guys that, that get to play early on and you just remember their names year after year and eventually you think, well, when in the world, how, how long have they been there? <laughs> to me, watching Chickasha, Logan Palisano is a guy like that. It seems like him, Cecil Robinson, have been on either the offensive or yep. defensive line forever for Chickasha, but it does look like they're both doing a whale of a job on, on, on either line. Oh, yeah, like Cecil Robinson, he is the anchor for that offensive line. That offensive line lost some great talent last year and so he's kind of anchored that as it's and it's taken a little bit but the running game's gotten going and I think that offensive line has just gotten better and better as the year's gone on led by him and then Logan Palisano he's just everywhere the dude just has instincts for football and he just kind of I mean like I said he's just everywhere all the time it seems like yeah, one other guy on the defensive side that was impressive last year, even then a, a big-time loss against the Elks, was Franklin. It seemed like at the linebacker spot, his instincts and his ability to get to where the ball is going uh, was, it kind of jumped out at us last year during that game. Yeah, exactly. And, again, they're playing on a defense that, again, start out the season, give up 64 to El Reno, but I think we've learned that El Reno's rushing attack is really good. <laughs> yeah. So. And but I mean I think they've gotten I think I've seen progress from then till now and I think it starts there and it starts up front and like I said this defense has got a couple interceptions last week a couple four turnovers the week before their three wins they forced eleven turnovers I think that's going to be key tonight. You know we we have an an opinion and an assessment so far of four A one. What's your assessment of the district? I've still been trying. It's taken. I've still been trying to figure it out honestly <laughs> um 
I think Clinton's probably kind of put itself at the top right now, but outside of that, I think it's kind of hard to judge, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's a, tonight I think goes a long way in kind of yes. sifting out that order with, with the game in Chickasha, with Elk City and Chickasha, yes. and then also down in Cash uh, with Weatherford and Cash. Yes, I would say so. The three games I thought were must wins for Chickasha, they've won two, Woodward, John Marshall, I think. No matter what happens tonight and against Clinton, if they beat Cash, they'll be at least that number four spot. If they can win win tonight, that probably changes up the order. But I agree. I think tonight's results will kind of figure out where the standing order is in this district. Hey, and bravo to the Chickasha faithful donors, whoever, that Chickasha's joined the Turf Club. I've seen some pictures. I'm anxious to see the field. How's the the team respond to that? Do they feel like they're running faster on the turf or – or anything like that. It looks really cool. Yeah, I think so far, yeah. Unfortunately, they've only played two home games this year. They went a month without playing on it, but I, they looked good last week. That first week, El Reno seemed really fast on it, but it is a really nice, renovated stadium. The turf is great. they got a video board. Uh, new, it press is, box? Our, new press box? No, I haven't told you. Let you him serious? finish. Let oh. him finish. Go ahead, Austin. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, well, the press box is the same. They might have done some renovations up there. I'm never usually up there. I'm usually on the sideline, so it's hard for me to say. Yeah, I haven't told Jared yet, but uh, Jerry Don, when I uh, emailed with him earlier this week, there is um, <clears throat> there's Wi-Fi and there's air conditioning in the, oh, in, in our side <laughs> that, of the press. That's box. a step in the right direction. <laughs> I love it. Now, uh, we've always said this about Chickasha, Jerry Don and his whole staff. They they're very the hospitality when we come there is top notch maybe the best we've ever been ever yeah and and it almost makes up and I'm not trying to say it's an old, there's a lot of press boxes that need work in in everywhere we go hometown included but that almost makes up for whatever press box that we're in is hospitality but now hearing that we got some uh, AC yeah. and when it's supposed to be 90 today we might not need it with this wind but I'm I'm just anxious to get over there and check out the new turf and the new digs yeah. Yeah. yeah, the new turf is great. They got a brand new track, so they'll be able to do track meets again. It is night and day different. It's awesome. It's very good. So, in your mind tonight, <clears throat> what is a, a couple of keys for the fighting chicks if they want to come away with the win over the Big Elks? I think a uh, trying to keep Elk City's brushing attack off the field, not and the defense getting off the field is going to be huge. Not letting Elk City go on a long five, six, seven minute drive. I think that's big. And then, like I mentioned it earlier, turnovers. Turnovers, if you look at Chickasha's games this year when they've lost, they've lost the turnover battle. When they've won, they've won the turnover battle. And we're six games in. I think that's a pattern that would continue. I think they're going to need to get some turnovers tonight. All right, man. Hey, we know that you're busy. you got to get in there yeah. to uh, that, that volleyball game, but we do appreciate you carving out just a little bit of time uh, no, to, always, get, always. To, to get our listeners acquainted with what's coming up tonight from the Fighting Chicks. Yeah, awesome. Well, Go ahead. Said, always love being on with you guys anytime. Absolutely. We'll do it again, and uh, we'll see you down there tonight. Yep. See you later. All right. That's Austin Littrell of the Chickasha Express Star hanging out with us for just a little bit uh, to preview the game tonight between the Chicks and the Big Elks. Uh, I'm, you know, Coach Maynard talked about physicality, and I know know from the Elk City side that's that's what, you know, the the bedrock of the program. I am impressed, though, Jared, because I was telling him when when you stepped away, a lot of times when you when you have a guy like they had last last year in Murphy mm-hmm. and you know the success that they had just handing him the ball and, and, and the ability that he had you see a drop off but 
it's not just one guy this year, it's two, but Owen Shells and also Harrell, it doesn't feel like, not to, not to take anything away from, Mur- from Murphy's ability because it was awesome, but it doesn't necessarily feel like they dropped off a ton in the run game. No, it's it seems very potent, and that's where they want to start, and that's where they're going to go, and that that just credit to the the Chickasha coaching staff and um, the program that because that's you're right, you, you hear names that you've heard for a long time being there. Well, that you know they they laid that base with those young men, you know what three four years ago, and now they're you know now here we are with them, and they're continuing to do that. That's a sign of a good program. And then, like we said earlier, off the field, they're doing stuff. They're buying into the program. But back to your point, yeah, it's going to start with the ground game, and it's going to have to be physical up front. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of our assessment of the Clinton game. Who's going to win that attack up front? Who's going to be more physical? It's could have some success. And and I'm also going to lean on. Um, and Austin mentioned it. Uh, you know, they're taking the ball away. They, you know, when they're in the plus uh, on the high side of the plus minus and turnover ratio. They're winning ball games. Well, so is Elk City. Elk City took the ball away at will all the time last week. And I don't know as a season, you might know it. What is the plus minus on on turnovers? Yeah, for yeah Elk I'd City. have to look at my sheets. But it seems like when they need a turnover, they get it. Or, or you know, like last week, it was not necessarily need one, but it started things off, and then it just snowballed from there, turnover after turnover. So yeah, whoever can win the turnover battle. Whoever uh, can hold on to it on the other side of it is going to have a real good chance to win this game tonight. I do think the win's a factor. Um, it's going to change the minds of a lot of, of, I think, like, okay, let's throw it here. Or instead of punting, we might as well just go for it because if we punt into the stiff south breeze, we have a better shot of getting a first down if we just go for it. So I think that might actually play a factor. Or even going for two if you're having to kick – into the wind with your extra point yeah field position is all it, we, we position, see this all yeah, the time yeah. you know if you know if, if you can you know kick it through the end zone downwind and then you know maybe force a negative play on the next on the first set of downs or what have you all of a sudden the, the punter's standing inside his own 10 kicking into that south wind and it's not a breeze it's a it's a wind yeah. all of a sudden i mean a, a kick out to you know, the your own forty or forty five is a really good accomplishment for the kicking team. Yeah. But, but at the same time, the other the other team's already set up shop inside your inside your territory. We see this all. I mean, this it's. I'd love to talk to a special teams coach right now. And so, how do you game plan for high winds? Because you mentioned you got the wind on your back. Yeah, let it rip, kick it through the end zone. But if you're say kicking into the wind, a success is keeping them around the thirty five, the forty yard line. You don't want to high on side it because the wind could actually hang it up, and yeah. I, it, there's a lot of you. Know, do you squib it? Do you locate? What do you do? And you know, and same thing with punting. Do you do rugby style and get more of a line drive kick away? Yeah, from I the, think of it in punting way more than kickoffs. Yeah, if kickoffs are going to be what they are. Yeah, uh, you know, but but another thing, I mean, maybe not as much in the in the high school game because you don't necessarily see a guy that that has the ability to do this, but like in college, how many are even the pros? How many times do you see just a booming punt and they outkick their coverage? Oh, and sure. all of a sudden it comes back a long ways the other way because yep. they're not used to you know have to run that extra 15 or 20 yards to get to where the ball carrier is. Next thing you know, he's got a head of steam coming back the other way. It's just harder to bottle them up. So, yeah, I think I, I always think about this when, when we know it's going to be a windy in that field position battle and, and you kind of – 
there, there's schools of thought. I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I remember a, a Newcastle game here. It's been five, six, seven years ago. It was cold and windy. Close game at halftime. Newcastle has the choice, and they take the wind in the third. They 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 take the wind in the third quarter instead of maybe the conventional wisdom of having it in the fourth. Yeah. And they, yeah, in case yeah. you need a field goal. Well, by the time the end of the third quarter is over, they've won the field position battle so bad it's a twenty-eight point game. So the fourth quarter win doesn't matter, right? You know, yeah. because you just hey, when you when you're going that win, especially if you start deep, getting a first down or two or three, at just to get toward midfield and create some sort of field position is a huge part of these games. A lot of times, I've seen a game start with no wind, absolutely beautiful, and then a cold front hits by like halftime. And all of a sudden, the team is at a disadvantage because that wind is just it just hits it. It's, it was a funny game. I can't remember when that was. Anyways, so um, who needs the win more? I mean, everyone wants to win, but in the grand scheme of things, positioning for playoffs, number you know, possibly playing for second or even first place in the district, depending on things shake out. Does Chickasha need that win more, or does Oak City? I think it's Chickasha, and here's why. Elk City, if you if you look at the standings right now and you just assume Clinton's going to win the district, which I am, I just am. So you have that up there. Then there's a there's four teams for three spots, and it's Weatherford, Chickasha, Elk City, and Cash. Mm-hmm. Of those teams, the Elks have a win already over those teams. Chickasha has a loss already to those teams, which is Weatherford. Okay, so a loss tonight, then they have to beat Cash. That that's going to be a playoff game. If if things yeah, go yeah. the way people probably assume they might, with the I forty schools beating the Southern schools tonight, all of a sudden, now you've got basically a play in game coming up, just as it was a year ago, with Chickasha and Cash. Right. So that's why I would say, if they could sneak this one out, if they could kind of upset that apple cart, <clears throat> then they'll always have that advantage against Cash. You know, it could come down to tiebreakers or what have you, but. That that would go a long ways into into helping them secure a spot uh, that you know any of any of the spots, but secure a spot into the playoffs. So I would say them, um, but both need to both need it. I mean, the obvious answer is they both need to win. That's but, right. You know, who's going to be more hungry and 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 all of that? And elsewhere in the district, Weatherford at Cash, that almost kind of it's almost kind of mirrors. Okay, if they could take care of business against Cash, which we suspect they will. And, and Elk City takes care of business tonight against Chickasha. I mean, that sets up a big game next week with Weatherford coming to town. Yeah, I want, I want to say this about Cash. I think the product we saw last week isn't the true Bulldogs. You, you saw Harbin get nicked during the game. Right. Muldowney never seemed right. Yeah. Throughout, I mean, he, he didn't touch the ball at all, and he's been their workload, their workhorse. And, we you know, we saw him kind of look like he aggravated something that maybe he had coming in. He wouldn't even out there in the second half. So, depending you know, depending on how you can heal in a week or whatever, right? You know, but I don't, I don't think, you know, if, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, Weatherford will just blow away Cash because that's not what we saw last week isn't what Cash. There's really a lot of is, weird things man. that happened to Cash and that the injuries you mentioned, and they just, and then after that one, <clears throat> yeah, big injury, and and again, we can't say enough. He's going to be fine. So yeah, everything we've heard is everything that we've he's heard going to be fine. just fine, but. There was a big pause there, and at that point in the game, it was thirty-five nothing. Thirty-five nothing. I think both teams kind of looked over, kind of tipped the hat, and said, "It's this is 
you know. So it, it, it was a kind of a weird – and that was like midway through the third. It was the first offensive possession for the Elks yeah, in the third quarter. Yeah, it was early in the game, early in that second half. And and at one point we had a running clock when Elk had the ball, and it was like let's just get out of here without any more injuries. So you're right. I mean, it didn't feel like – it just – a lot of bad things happened to Cash early or a lot of good things happened for Elk early. Mm-hmm. And that was because of Elk doing the good things. And I was – but I was so – impressed because of what cash had done previously in the previous two weeks offensively and defensively so i thought we'd get a dogfight. pardon the pun but uh it is what it is football's a funny sport i mean that's yeah can it happen just, and, it is the way it is so and, that's true i mean you're right i don't know it, it, we wouldn't be sh- so what you're saying is we wouldn't be shocked if it was like a 35 28 weatherford win or or something in that nature i just like, had cash putting up a fight i simply home. think cash is better than they showed last week and i think those those two one maybe coming in that Muldowney was already nicked, and two, when Harbin got nicked in that game, really changed the ability of their offense. I oh. mean, we, I mean, we we saw it. The poor the poor kid as, as a sophomore came in, and nerves or or whatever. Yeah, he, he just he just couldn't hardly take a snap. And that, you know, not that the, the game is already twenty eight nothing at that point, but you know, it just you could tell. You know, Harbin. It's such an electric athlete in, in that uh, whatever the ankle looked like maybe really took that away from him. Uh, and his, uh, listen, his, his run think, pass threat was yeah, pretty well done. People think leg injuries, that takes away a run game. That, that messes with your to throw. throw. It, you're, you're either pushing or landing on the – I can't remember what foot it was. I was trying to remember too. It but seemed like when he was laying there it was on the far side, so his left ankle. It messes. But that would be his plant You'll foot. You'll take you off know. a little bit on your throw because you don't want to step in or push mm-hmm. off, and it, it messes with you. Now, on the other side, Weatherford comes into this game after losing to Clinton last week 17 to nothing. so there's a lot of pride on the line for them. You always hear that term – don't let a game beat you twice. I mean, that's that's kind of feels like that could happen if they're still kind of limping in after that Clinton loss. You know, it's it's amazing to me with the lack of offensive production that both of those teams had. Nobody got 200 yards of offense. Weatherford was in the 120s, and yet still the fastest Custer County conflict yeah, on but, day. But I, still, that's unofficial stats. They but. had three chances in the red zone. It's crazy, and we're turned back every single time. Um, Clinton got a defensive touchdown. I mean, their, their offense. Uh, wasn't uh, wasn't any great shakes. One seventy seven on the ground, none in the air. Just tried to throw it twice, all in the first half. And <clears throat> you know, you, I think you get to a point where you you feel comfortable defensively that you're going to, uh, you know, seventeen is enough to win <laughs> with two quarters to play. I get it uh, why that happens, but you know that's it shows that though that Weatherford defensively uh, they better showing than they had than the, than the Elks did, and it felt like Elk City played pretty good defensively against Clinton that's throughout true. most of the night. So you know, with if it still is a wounded. Uh, offense for cash it's hard to see weatherford not being able to go down there and win it still doesn't feel like they've gotten on track offensively just completely with what they've got um there's a lot of quarterback run game and you have to tackle chisholm in order to kind of set up anything else for your defense but and then of course there's also i mean kids are kids everybody in the brown and everybody in the maroon and black or whatever knows what's next Everybody knows what next Friday is, and so is it, there's that potential for a look ahead uh, situation sure. for both both Elk City and, and Weatherford too. tonight. Yep, yep. as well. Um, battle for Beckham County. Merritt's won the last two. You know what's crazy? There's not a trophy for this game. <clears throat> there should be a trophy like the Beckham County Bell. But what what's crazy? 
How many times do you think those two teams have played football against each other? Not as many as we think. Not even close. No. How about seven? Yeah, I think they didn't start playing until this district was That's formed. right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And, and it makes sense when you think, when you like off the top of your head, you're going, no way. But for the majority of that time, Merritt was eight-man, Sarah was 11-man, right. yeah. so it, it does make sense. the bigger sense. school, and, and Merritt has really grown in, in um, ADM. Sure. It makes total it's sense. 5-2 Merritt. Now, they won the last two. Um, going into tonight's game there. Hollis goes to Beaver. Do they treat it like a robbery, like we're wanting them to treat it like a robbery? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, t- I haven't heard any trash talk I can tell you this. I'd love to see it. I guess it would have been, I guess the last time it was there, maybe? In Sarah? Yeah. No, it can't be, because Merritt won two in a row. So it would have been two times ago when Colt Merrick scored on the last play. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It felt like a rivalry at that point. People were going crazy, or people were really upset. I mean, that's the bragging rights. You can say yeah. we're the. And, we're but the maybe best. maybe it doesn't feel like it yet because they've only played seven. It's so new. Yeah, yeah. But when you get that, okay, seven times now you start getting kids on these teams that have always played them, right? Yeah. That's so there's right. there's that pride there, and you got to know they're hanging out with each other. They're dragging Maine over here. In I think Elk they might be, you know, the shooting sports is big. It's becoming a huge thing. Who knows? They might be. Man, partner- I don't think a shooting sports and robbery should really <laughs> go together. That seems like they a bad up, idea. They end up on the same team though for Becker <laughs> oh, that's County. That's right. That's right. Um, around the state in 4A, and we kind of talked a little bit about it yesterday, as far as looking ahead to what could be matchups and playoffs and that kind of thing. I, a really interesting game to me, just because what are these teams? And it's Oklahoma has it as the number two game in the state. It's number eight Cushing against number nine Tulsa McLean. Cushing is, you know, even at four and two and only two and one in the district. That one loss was last week by a single point to Wagner. And then McLean has come out of almost nowhere. They've won four in a row. Cushing probably the best team they will have played in this five game stretch. So that's a that's a really interesting game to me. Is McLean for real? Is Cushing more of a reload than a rebuild because I'll promise you walking out of Putnam City Stadium last year my thoughts were Cushing better get this one or because it's they're, they're mm-hmm. losing everybody everybody's you know except for them obviously not literally everybody but close but they've really uh they've impressed me so far uh with the way that they played losing all those guys so that's that's an interesting one to me yeah it is the thing about Cushing it's something we always fail to remember Shame on me because I grew up around it. Was when a really good program gets a big lead and you get those young guys in the game. You know, That's Cushing true. had some big leads the last two seasons with that class that just graduated. So you know, it's not like those were the kids that are playing now were just thrown into the fire back in week zero or one or whenever they started. So. That's something that you know. That's why I say reload, not necessarily rebuild. It's not like they got a new coach and there's a new offensive system. Something they've been running for a while. But that is uh, McLean's kind of a, one of those upstart teams. You got a few. You got to think they got a ton of athletes and and their record. Uh, you know, let's let's see. Let's see what happens. And I'm it, interested in that one too. And it's at McLean, which a year ago wouldn't have been because they were the school that didn't get to play home games. That's true. So that's a, that's another interesting aspect. Also. I think tonight will be the end of the Hera whatever obsession or whatever it is. I think, well. Beating three crappy non-district teams or two of them, it's enough. Newcastle's going to roll them up, and then we won't have to what, We won't have to see Hera in the top ten of a game of the week ever again, okay. or at least for the rest of the season. Right. So top ten in the Oklahoman, correct? 
Like like uh, top ten not, games, not, not games, but the are they ranked? In no, the no, 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 no. They were not. No, okay. but they had more AP votes than Elk City did. Give me a break. Yeah. Anyway, hair is done. Pretty, pretty, After tonight, hair is done. Pretty what? ridiculous. <laughs> it. We all know why hair is getting the attention from the Oklahoman. Is this a little bit like an SEC bump being in four A two? A little. Well, there's that, and then their proximity to the offices of the Oklahoman. Yeah, they're done after tonight. Move on from Hera. You know, another another school that I know is about to start, and it, it starts with tonight, and somebody that we've seen. Uh, have you have you have you looked up Carl Albert's schedule coming up here pretty quick? Last three. <laughs> I'm trying to put. No, I have not. They Carl. play McGinnis tonight at home. Then they go to Guthrie. Have you seen what Guthrie's done? Guthrie's good. Guthrie's getting about three points all year. Guthrie's good. <laughs> three points. They're and they played in lesson. They play Southeast tonight, which Cash destroyed. I'm gonna go ahead and say they're gonna roll into Week Eight at home against Carl Albert in the Rock, giving up three points in seven games. Yeah, that's. And I'm gonna say Carl Albert's gonna get more than three. Oh yeah. So yeah, I. That will be. I'm gonna so tell you right the, now. That should be the. Hey Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm gonna do it for yeah, you. Yeah. Game of the week next week is gonna be Carl yeah. Albert and Guthrie. I know they made a lot of hires over there at the Oklahoma, and maybe not from Oklahoma, but this this should be an easy one, right? That's the number one game, and I would not be shocked if Carl Albert goes and just destroys them. Yeah. I don't want to go that far, but I kind of do. I have to get more than three. Oh, they'll get more than three. All right, we gotta take a break. That's an atmosphere I want to go to. I've never been to a game at Guthrie. I haven't either, and that stadium looks super cool. It's almost like the baseball field here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see a game there one day. Hanging out here on a football Thursday. Thursday night lights tonight all across the state of Oklahoma on the high school gridiron. Big Elk's headed to Chickasha. You can watch that one, Big Elk TV. Listen to it on Cool 94. It's a 615 pregame ahead of the 7 o'clock kick. The battle for Beckham County, Paragon TV, Merritt going to Sayre tonight. That's a 7 o'clock kick. And uh, Hollis and Beaver, Hollis at Beaver, Class B, District 1 action. Basically a must win for Hollis to stay in the race in Class B, District 1. It's uh, similar to what we're going to see in in 4A1. Is you're going to end up having, I think it's only a five, it's a 16 district. Beaver's going to lose every game. And the other five are going to be jockeying for four spots. So, got to beat Beaver and then got to beat somebody else by the time it's all, it's all said and done to make the Class B playoffs again. All right, Jared. For me personally, as, as somebody that doesn't have a dog in the fight, I could not be more pleased with the results of the American League playoffs to this point. And that is that we get the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series, these two teams do not like each other. These two fan bases go back and forth. I actually was able to start a little trash talk last night on a group chat, with a group text between a couple of, you know. You started well, it? I, I, yeah. You I, just got it going? I just, no, well, we already had one going, and I just kind of stirred the pot. said, all right, let, let, the, let the hate begin. And then there was a couple of quips back and forth. Uh, I, I'm super excited. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Just um, – just looking at it, Houston won the season series over Texas 9-4. to And they won 8 out of the last 10. But they haven't played in a while. I think it was early August the last time they played. So it's it's been a little bit since these two have hooked horns. But Houston did have the better of it in the season series. 
What gives you confidence, or do you have confidence, that the Rangers will beat the Astros and head to the World Series? Uh, familiarity, just knowing each other, playing each other, like you mentioned. That, that was, I mean, I, I, I can't stand Houston, so I was rooting for the Twins last night, but Houston's good, and, and so I was pro and con on it after they got the win, and that, that, was, that was my main pro was that, that they know each other and there's a lot of familiarity there. Um, so that gives me confidence. The pitching, the starting pitching, gives me a lot of confidence for the Rangers if Scherzer is indeed going to get back and if he's 100% uh, a go. Montgomery's been great. Evaldi's been great. So I'm you're probably, I mean, man, how awesome would it be if it was Scherzer versus Verlander game one on Sunday? Um, so that, that gives me all the confidence. And then just the, you know, is it, is it time for – listen, Houston's been here. Obviously, the numbers are staggering, like seventh time in a row that mm-hmm. they've been to the ALCS, winning two of them in that seven-year span. But is it is it time for someone else? You know, you see that in sports sometimes where it just the gas runs out, the age shows or whatever you want to call it. Is that is it the Rangers' time? But listen, we I, I love the matchup. Don't kid yourself. For as a Ranger fan, I want the easier opponent in the Twins. But as just a baseball fan, I'm loving this matchup. If we're not going to get New York Yankees versus Boston Red Sox in the ALCS, that's a bitter rivalry. This is kind of like the new bitter rivalry in the in the AL, Houston and Texas. I'll, I'll take it all day. Give me seven games of it. Let's go. Uh, yeah, they've actually made the World Series four times out of the previous. Oh my six. bad, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the two times they won it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and lo- yeah, won two and lost two. Uh, once they've gotten there, right? You, do you do you realize they're only the second franchise in the history of baseball to make seven straight league championship series? You know who the other one is? Did I mention one of them? I don't think so. Yankees. Nope. Sox. Nope. No. Who? The Atlanta Braves. Oh yeah, from ninety one to ninety nine. Yeah, they went to eight straight. So Houston. Sorry, I stayed in the AL with one, that with that answer. One behind there, um, but let's see. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned starting pitching. I was actually surprised. I looked up the numbers, just kind of team stats. This is rough looking up the stats, but Houston has a decided advantage in pitching. Uh, they allowed opposing teams to hit three ninety four. Eight, that can't be right. I looked at the wrong stat. Anyway, eighth versus 18th. They had 70 quality starts to 66 for, for Texas, fifth and 10th in the league. Hitting is uh, is an edge to the Rangers slightly. They hit 263 as a team, 259 for Houston. So those are pretty close. And then the, the biggest, you know what the biggest advantage, at least by the numbers the Rangers have? Catching the baseball. They were second in the league in fielding, second fewest errors. Houston kind of down in the middle of the pack. Hmm. So those are kind of some interesting numbers, I thought, uh, looking ahead to this matchup. I think that, to me, if the Rangers are going to win, that quality start number has to be five. Or maybe even six. Which is six innings, two or two less, given up. Earned runs. Because the bullpen. And that's yeah, you, the bullpen is where a, Houston has their biggest advantage. Exactly. Just because, and, and I don't even know how good theirs is, but Texas is so awful that it, it, it's always going to be advantage to the other team. Yeah, yeah. I for, for the Rangers have a chance, and we've seen this in all their games. 
they are the aggressor. They start things off. I don't think they've come back to win any playoff game so far. They've always they're first to score and they hold on to the lead and win. So they got to be the aggressor, and that take you know that does wonders for the psyche of your starting pitching. When you they can go and take the bump in the second or third inning and they're up one nothing two nothing like okay I got some room to work with here and it loosens them up. So. Yeah, and the bats have been fantastic for the Rangers in this run right now. But that's got to continue. They are starting Verlander. Texas not announced a starter yet. I think they're going to – man, that makes you wonder, right? Makes you wonder, are they really going to go with Scherzer? I don't know. I don't man. know. I don't, I, I don't see it. But they might. I wish, um, wish they would say a game time. They have not yet. Are they just waiting? They just said Sunday. They might be waiting for um, – tonight's results for tv purposes this screams primetime game yeah i mean it, it, here's the deal you, you want to avoid going up against the uh you know football right you can yeah but it, it, it's gonna happen it, it just, is it just it, is yeah, gonna happen it's october here's the good thing um i'm kind of sneaking in some stats from the from houston just because i'm getting fed them Eighth inning guy for Houston hasn't given up a, a, a run since July. So that speaks to your point back to get on top. really need yeah. to get ahead. Yeah. The, the Rangers need to play from ahead for multiple reasons. Uh, but the you know the the bullpen issue is a big one. It's a 2-3-2 two, two, um, format. Still one on the road and Rangers. So then, you know, maybe not, know. maybe not have to go back. All right, are you going to give us a pick? I tell you oh, what, I'm, no. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm well, gonna, I'm not here tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I'm going to give you a chance to. Uh, would you like to double up on the burrito bet? All oh, right, I will Whoa. give you an opportunity oh. to to win your burrito. Yeah, I do owe you a burrito. I do. I'm sorry about that. I forgot. Um, so in a hurry to get here. To no, listen, we had we had yeah, I, other food today. Yeah, what the heck? I mean, you might as well go to go, go double or yeah. Nothing. What the heck? What the heck? Okay. Well, I'll take the Rangers. You'll take the Rangers? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> I knew you wanted the Rangers, so I was going to get out in front of it. I said it earlier, seven. I think Rangers in seven. Yeah, I'll take I think it. we're going to have all kinds of drama in this in this series. I've got Houston in six with the 2-3-2 two, two format. Let me ask you this. I was thinking about this last night. Does the winner of this series, are they the favorite regardless? Like, does It feels like... If the Rangers roll, they just feel like that team of destiny right now. They're just winning, winning, winning. Astros are the Astros. You get them in the World Series, you almost can't bet against them. You know, then you got you got Philly. Think it depends. I, I still got, think it depends on who comes out. If it ends up being Philly and Arizona, maybe. I, I think. And what if Arizona somehow sneaks on the? If World it's Series? Philly and if it's Philly and Arizona, Houston a hundred percent is going to be the betting favorite. Because of that experience, because of what five and eight, uh, five and eight years, five and seven years, whatever, making it to the World Series. Now Atlanta, if they can, we uh, you know wiggle off the hook here and get there, we'll see. For either team, um, I, I think Rangers Phillies would be an interesting number because of the Phillies, you know, coming back after getting beat last year. I think anybody would be a favorite over Arizona just because of the, the, the way the, the season played out. I mean, these two teams won six more in the regular season. Everybody did that's still alive, at least six more than the, than the Diamondbacks, even though they swept out the Dodgers. So 
Yeah, I, I, probably so. I mean, I think the Rangers are the betting favorite right now, or were. Went down a little bit. Because of, Ast- because of the Astros winning. It's yeah. It's got to be part of it. it. it they're the third favorite behind um, – well, that was before last night's game, so it might switch. I know Astros are like second, and then ironically, crazy enough, Braves were the betting favorite. Well, I mean, 104 wins, that makes sense. But now that they're down – But it's switching every day to day. Yeah, now that they're down 1-2. So, well, let's just Google it up. Let me find out. World I would bet Series you. I would bet you that the odds. Astros are the favorite. Let's see how recent this is. That's one day. Give me a minute. I'm going to go to FanDuel. All right, I'll talk about the – You look for that or I'll – I'll talk about the National League uh, Series. Okay, it's the Astros <coughs> are the are – the, yeah, favorite, so. followed by the Rangers. Yep, that, that makes sense to me. And then Philly, and then Arizona, and then the Braves, the very last of who's left. Yeah, that that would jump up. So, again, up. that kind of just goes back to my question of, the, of these two teams, Houston and Texas, if they get out of this, are they going to be the favorite in the World Series? I think it's – I think no matter – I mean, no matter what happens, I think Arizona's going to be the least favorite sure. – uh, the, the, the longest no. shot going into the LCSs. I think if Atlanta were able were to make it, they'd be on the top, and the and the AL teams in the middle. I think if uh, Philly makes it, then you might see it be Houston, Philly, Texas, or Houston, Texas, Philly. Either way, be close. All right. So last night, Braves are on the brink. Philly wins ten two. Bryce Harper <clears throat> took exception to something that I don't think was ever supposed to be public knowledge. I mean, those you know staring uh, Arcia down or whatever after both home runs. You realize that Bryce Harper now has hit the most home runs in the National League Division Series ever. Really, ten. He's had ten homers in that in the Division Series. You know who he passed? No. We mentioned his team earlier with another stat. It was a brave. It was a brave. Who was it? I mean, Chipper. Chipper Jones. Yeah. He had nine. Um, I asked the question yesterday. Do you think? Do you think the Braves get back to Atlanta? I said no, and I, dev- I still don't think they will. No, it just feels like the Phillies back to that Trey Turner moment where he was struggling. They give him a standing ovation, and the numbers are incredible since then. The way that uh, that almost galvanized the team, and Philly just feels like they're it. It feels like they're headed back to the World Series to face one of the two Texas teams. Dodgers, ouch. The Dodgers starting pitching only threw four and two-thirds innings in three games in this series. That's all they were able to muster. Awful. For you know how awful it is? Historically bad. The worst the of all worst time. Ever. It's literally the worst, the fewest innings pitched by starting pitching in the first three games of any series in the history of baseball. So it's, it was not just Kershaw. It no. Was, it was no, all no. of them. All of them. Awful. But he got a third of those. Yeah. Which set him behind the eight ball pretty far. But uh, last night the Diamondbacks did something that's never happened in a playoff game, and that is four home runs in one inning. That was a crazy inning. Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> did you see the overturned home run? No, I was in transit. It was insane. I'm watching it. I was helping my kid with some homework, so I had it on mute. but I had my side eye on it. Well – I'm like, oh, man, they hit another home run. Well, it was right down the right field line. And the Dodgers, the right fielder, and, and even the staff that's kind of in the bullpen here, they're like, no, 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 that's foul. That's foul. So they go – the the guy – I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was. He makes it all the way around, celebrating, going nuts. 
Well, they go, oh, we need a review. So they review it. They overturn it. So, nope, foul ball. Very next pitch. He hits it out. <laughs> he hits it out over the left field wall. I mean, the, and that was the fourth of the four in a row home runs. The place was, and that's when you knew that's over. That it's over. Place was crazy electric. Awesome. As good of a story as the Rangers, the Diamondbacks. That's a pretty cool story too. Just coming out of nowhere. Yeah, and those the young guys for both of those teams. Um, uh, what's your guy? The young guy, Carter. Carter. Yeah. Evan Carter. Evan I was going to say yeah. Carter Evans. <laughs> I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, Evan Carter, and then uh, for the Diamondbacks, what's his name? Oh gosh, the young guy. Just not, a second. I'm not familiar. I'm sorry. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It seems like it starts with a D. Anyway, those guys have set like records getting on base. Corbin Carroll. It's C. Corbin Carroll. Um, as far as getting on base the most times, and they're like their first four or three or whatever, 12 plate appearance, whatever it was. I saw it both side-by-side side there in the Ranger game the other day. So those young guys are oh, making yeah, a big yeah, difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that stat. Yeah, yeah. it's something the first time ever. It's so well, – how big is it when you get a rookie, especially a guy that you bring up like in August, in Carter, for example, you get him in this deep playoff run, and it's going to be all he knows. Yeah. Like, oh, this is all we do here. We just yeah, – this is all I know. I never missed a play. You know, that's going to be a thing for him. But I know it, I know cool. it would have been a really tough ask. But to your point about this, I wonder if there's part of the Orioles that wish that they would have brought, brought Jackson Holiday. Yep. I mean, that's a really hard ask for a guy that young. I totally get why they didn't, and it's probably the right thing to do. But but with saying what you just said there and with the success of those two young guys on in both leagues, I wonder if there's a, a little part of them that wishes, dang, just and not, maybe not even throw him out there, but just – to have him there, you know, maybe pinch hit in a big spot, just to just to get him out there in, in a situation. Yeah. He like that. will be in the lineup on April first. I whenever. think so too. He sure will seems be, like it. Yeah, he'll be uh, swinging the bat in Baltimore than wherever Triple A is at. Back to the Dodgers, real quick. With this showing in the playoffs, just on top of bad playoff showings in the past, does this hurt their chances at Otani? Or maybe. Their pitches. Well, maybe the, we need you. Look, you're, you're the guy that puts us over the yeah over the edge here. Did you see the Philly fans last night? I saw them doing the the tomahawk chop. Yeah, they also were chanting, "We want Strider." Fill me in, Spencer Strider. Did you not see what he said? No. About uh, the game would be better if there weren't fans in the stands. Oh wow! No. Yeah. Yeet. Yeah, that's what gives Philly the advantage if there's if you're in a series with Philly is their fans. I mean, just like the Eagle fans and the 76ers fans, the Philly the Philadelphia Philly fans are fanatic, just like their mascot. They're crazy. They're gonna get him, huh? They're gonna get him, Spencer Strider. Yeah, <clears throat> he's starting tonight. Nice for the Bravos. Well, breaking news here, Jared. Breaking sports news. Breaking sports news, and that breaking sports news is this. They held the um, the junior high all-star cross-country meet this morning at Chickasha. And one Parker Ruth Morris, eighth grader from Sayre, is an all-star. Very cool. She finished eighth out of 193 runners. There is zero doubt in my mind that she got her speed and stamina and her endurance from anyone but Bubba, which turns out to be me. 
So congratulations to Parker Ruth. No credit to her parents. No, I'm saying it didn't come from me. Oh, it I was didn't. I, I was building that. Came. No, no. All that all that she got, none of it came from me. <laughs> but congratulations to Parker Ruth. That is so awesome. And I, she is an absolute stud. I tell you what, I see a lot. This was this was a cross country. Cross country. I see a lot of opportunity for kids to go run cross country at the collegiate level, at any level in in college, which is a great. I mean, if you I've seen I got a friend who has a senior who's who's doing that stuff in cross country at at high school level and he shares with me a bunch of letters and emails he's, mm-hmm. that she's getting from colleges. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, congratulations. So, way to, to go. Way yeah. to go Parker Ruth also. Uh I kind of I briefly mentioned this the, mentioned this the other day which never got to it. But a guy we've had on the show, I think he was on when you were gone to Florida. Uh, Ryder Cowan, yeah, I was. Thank you, were in yeah. Florida, and all that ha- all that was happening right, right there when when you happened to be gone. He was going for that uh, triple crown of amateur golf in Oklahoma that had never been done. Mm-hmm. Went in the junior am, the state stroke play in the state am, and he came just a little bit short. Uh, so he had played. He was in his true freshman year at OU. Played in one stroke play event up in Olympia, Washington, a couple weeks ago. Played okay, but not not up to his to what his standard is. So he, he was able to go down, qualified to, to be on the, the, the five-man rotation at the Big 12 match play tournament that concluded yesterday. Sooners got fifth as a team, and a big part of that was they lost to Houston in round one and never could get help enough to get back into like the finals or whatever. Uh, so they lost to Houston and then stormed through the rest of the matches. They ended up winning – now, having a, the, the way they kept score, the, the whole differential, like Sooner wins versus teams they played against wins per hole in a match play, yeah. they dominated that throughout the tournament better than anybody, but that first match kind of knocked them down the totem pole just a little bit. But individually for Ryder, so he goes 4-0-1. Four wins, no losses, tied his first match against Houston, then blew through Texas, TCU, BYU, and Tech. For five rounds, and of course it's it, – it's a little bit different in stroke play because maybe you have a five-footer that you've already beaten your guy, and he gives it to you. So you don't necessarily have to make every single putt just the way that, that match play is. Mm-hmm. But with the holes he played, and he didn't play them all because he was finishing dudes three or four holes before the end. No need to play them, yeah. So instead of, you know, that'd be what, 90 holes? Five times 18, yeah, 90. So instead of 90 holes played, he probably played closer to 80 or maybe just a, a couple under. Through those holes that he did finish, though, 23 under par in five matches for true freshman rider count. Just an awesome, awesome display awesome. of golf for him. shook off that college. Yeah, whatever it was. Whatever I'm it sure was. there was nerves. I'm sure nerves. there was adrenaline. Like, oh, yes, this is what I've been trying to do my whole yeah. life, and here I am. Yeah, it only took him one of those, yeah. and now he's just dominant. And, and honestly, uh, another freshman, Luke Kluver, was great too. So the the future, you know, OU's kind of after after Quaid and that group left. It's been just a little bit of a dip the last year or two. Uh, that appears to maybe be coming back strong uh, with some of these young guys with Ryder and Luke. And I think there's another kid named PJ Maybank that's a that's a true freshman. So they that, that class that uh, that Hibble recruited to go along with the guys that have been there. Look out, uh, the Sooners are looking pretty good. OSU I think finished third or fourth. Texas won it. Uh, if I'm I, I kind of quit looking. Once Ryder was done, but man, he was awesome, awesome for Ryder. It's a good and, sign. Uh, it's a good sign. Oh, Kluver's a senior. Well, Michael told me he was a freshman. 
Well, that didn't work out very well. I know Maybank is a, is a freshman. Don't you hate when you get bad info? I did. I was just I, I was just listening to Michael <laughs> r- go on and on yesterday at our house. Uh, but anyhow, still bright future and Ryder was great this week. Very good. That's down awesome. at Houston, yeah, the Houston cool. Houston Oaks Country Club, I believe it was. All right, let's get to those college football topics. One that I asked about yesterday, we never got there. You hear what Mark Stoops said about Georgia? Uh, I saw the the headline said basically Georgia buys their players with the NIL. Bought great players, yeah. Bought That's exactly great what he said. Okay. Um, and his point wasn't like sour grapes. Oh, they bought him and beat us. Right. His point was, and, and listen, Kentucky fan, if that's what you want to see here, donate to the NIL. It, you know, when you first see the headline, you think, oh, what a wuss. But then if you, if you actually listen to what he said, it was like a, it, it was like an advertisement, <laughs> you know, like, like a plea yeah. to get that thing rolling at Kentucky. I, I, I don't know. It wasn't an accusation of cheating. No, 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 no. It's not cheating. It's just he's pointing out a fact here. So I can't think of another time where we've openly heard a coach campaigning for donations to the NIL. You can't or can? I can't. And especially not in that. I mean, it was like his coach's show. Right. Like a university sponsored event look i don't think so this is the like kind of the thing that when saban said something about georgia remember that yeah kind of bit. in the same vein but it was more from a bitter side it was right more, right you yeah. know it and it it wasn't from like a hey listen this is how they're doing it they get some pretty good guys to the nil use the word bot whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and that's what he's wanting at kentucky i wonder if that's what saban was trying to say well, but it he, came off because you know Saban can say some things. You're like, "Geez, what a jerk!" But he's not trying to be a jerk. He's just a grumpy old ball coach. Part of the say, part of the Saban problem is, I'm sure he hates NIL because they had NIL when it wasn't legal. <laughs> yeah, but don't. Right. So it, yeah. it's leveling the playing field a bit, <laughs> and just his demeanor. But I thought that was really interesting. And 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 here's the deal: you hadn't heard much from it. Because I don't think people there, there's nothing to get outraged about. No, he's just telling the truth. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah, George fans. Yeah, he's right. We're not cheating. So now a little no. bit different than maybe the 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 Saban uh, Jimbo stuff from a summer ago. Now that it's more, it's not just this brand new thing. Right. People are starting to figure out exactly how it works, and so maybe, maybe some of that. The accusatory well, tones crazy. will They're go away. They're going to figure out how it works, and then I mean, there's already it. new rules that are being proposed on how to kind of curb it up a little bit. Did you see some comments from one Lincoln Riley? I saw, I think, if we're thinking about the same thing during the meeting with the press after a practice about – he was really defensive of his defense. No, no, I'm not talking not, about that. Not that one? Nope. Okay, what, what did he say? Um, more that talking about the difference in the lifestyle between the college football head coach and the NFL. Oh yeah, he said it. Was, yeah, he said he kind of envies the NFL coach. Yeah, yeah. Anything Didn't he there? follow it up with, "No, I'm not interested in taking a job" or something like that? Yeah. Do we believe anything he says? No, that should be a major red flag if you're a USC fan. Warning. He said Warning. the same thing here in Norman. Uh, hang on. Talk about yourself for just a second. Yeah, he's full of crap. <laughs> he's just full of it. 
If I was a USC Being- fan. Yeah, exactly. That's what would be going through my head right now if I wanted Lincoln Danger. Riley to stay. Danger. But, how, but you know what? How close are they to being kind of where OU fans were? Yeah. He's not going to play if he's not going to pay attention to the defensive side of the ball. Who cares? Go on. Isn't uh, it funny? USC fans are almost there. Isn't it funny how quickly that has happened? What's once seen? Yep. What once was called sour grapes by said USC fan toward OU fan when all the OU fans were doing was trying to warn them. Yeah, reminds me of the time when one of my ex girlfriends was dating my friend. I was like, "Hey, man, she's crazy." Just get nah, she's fine. You don't nah, believe it at the moment. Nuts. And then a few months later, dude, she's crazy. Yeah. I tried to tell you. Tried to tell you. But you just wouldn't listen. Like, how do I get out of this? I she's your problem now. <laughs> I'm happy with mine now. I think <laughs> that's, that's what OU's doing. So We're you, happy with you, ours. Are you comparing Allie to Brent Venables at the moment? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Allie is my Brent Venables. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody have a great Thursday. Don't forget football, football, football tonight. Paragon TV, we've got the battle for Beckham County between Merritt and Sayre, Hollis and Beaver. Also Paragon TV, those are 7 o'clock kicks. Big Elks at Chickasha, 6.15 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. <laughs> no, from the text line, I'm not going to say who my Lincoln Riley was. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the first time. Oh, you're not going to be here tomorrow, maybe on Monday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.